Jeb Hartness needs to be thousands and thousands of miles away from competitive college basketball games. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. Happy Monday to you. Thank you for joining another episode of Locked on Baylor brought to you by FanDuel. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. That's what we aim for. Your team, Baylor, every single day. And of course, it was an exciting weekend. The Bears uh, get a clean sweep in basketball. On the men's side, Baylor knocks off Iowa State in a thriller, 70-68. to Get their premier win of the season so far, but... You know, and I know, that that was not the whole story. You know, it's a game that comes down to the final seconds a couple of times, basically. Uh, a 20 to nothing run in the second half. And this game was completely about the officials. Which I think is exactly what they wanted. But for us, the fan, and for the teams out there on the court, specifically one of them, that was despicable. A despicable performance by the officials on Saturday night. Those officials being Jeb Hartness, Chance Moore, and Christopher Merlo. February 3rd was the date, 65th anniversary of The Day the Music Died, featuring three great artists who unfortunately met their untimely death in a field outside of Clear Lake, Iowa via a plane crash. Well, February 3rd, 2024 was the day that objective officiating in Big 12 basketball died. At the hands of three people, Jeb Hartness, Chance Moore, and Christopher Merlo. But specifically Jeb Hartness. He was the one who called the text on Scott Drew. We still don't have any explanation. We'll never get an explanation. Heck, the coach didn't even get an explanation. But from what we can see, the second, the double tech that got him ejected from the game was him putting a knee outside of the coach's box. Objectively terrible. Just terrible, man. I mean, it it would take all day to go through the coaches who don't stay in the coach's box. But like every game, man, we're seeing coaches on the floor. Scott Drew was literally inches outside of the coach's box. And they tossed him out of the game. A top 20 game. You threw out a Hall of Fame coach. It's incredible. But then you look at Jeb Hartness's history, and it becomes less and less incredible. I talked about this on the post game Saturday night, but in 2011, he was suspended in late February for the remainder of the season by Conference USA. After a UTEP East Carolina game, oof, by the way, think about the travel in that conference, man. He ejected UTEP coach Tim Floyd. This is a story from the El Paso Times, which said that Jeb, who was dealing with uh, Tim Floyd all night, that Hartness instigated this and ended up ejecting Tim Floyd. Questionable by all, by all parties who were there couldn't understand why he was ejected. Sounds familiar. Sounds a lot like Saturday night. Earlier that season, he had called a Tennessee State-Memphis game with four technicals and 40 fouls. 40. 
What kind of a watchability is that? Sounds a lot like last night, but I'll get to that later. Because he's got, you know, people will say, well, that was 13 years ago, Cam. People can change, and absolutely they can. But A, you got a promotion, and B, he did not change. December 2022, Vandy coach Jerry Stackhouse was ejected by Jeb after one of his players, one of Stackhouse's players, got a technical for dunking on a guy and giving one of these, the old shot clock violation, tapping the head. The kids do that now. They, they tap the head after they, they dunk on somebody's head. Okay, subjective call. Stupid. It happens all the time. Probably shouldn't get a tech for it. But the kid did. And Jerry Stackhouse was looking for an explanation. And Jeb Hartness gave him an explanation. Oh, not on the technical foul. He just gave him two technicals and ejected him from the game. And Stackhouse had to be <laughs> restrained by his assistant coaches after getting ejected. So that led to, that's three technicals on that, led to six free throws for VCU, the team Vanderbilt was playing, and they hit four of them, and they won the game by five. Hmm, seems like it has an impact on the game. Okay, how about last weekend, or excuse me, the middle of the week, Oklahoma versus Kansas State, the last game that he called before this game Saturday night between Baylor and Iowa State. Within that game, 48 fouls, 48 that's more than a foul a minute. That's insane. That is asinine. And so you look at OU's game yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday. The combined fouls in that game between Oklahoma and UCF had 37 compared to 48 the game before. Kansas State, their game on Saturday against Oklahoma State, 29 total fouls, 19 less than they had the game before. Come on. So that got me interested. How many fouls were in the game Saturday night between Baylor and Iowa State? Not including the Techs. There were 45. 45 fouls called on a crew led by Jeb Hartness in the game before. Baylor versus UCF with a different crew. 31 fouls. We all know this league can get physical. We get that. But there are games in this conference that are completely unwatchable. They become free-throw shooting contests no matter how good and well-coached these teams are. And it's guys like Jeb Hartness, and in a lot of cases, Jeb Hartness, who's doing this? You know, we, we, we could talk about Kip Kissinger all night till the cows come home, but the evil officiating in this conference has a face and it has a name. It's Jeb Hartness, man. 21 years Scott Drew's never been ejected from a game. And now we're supposed to believe he just lost his mind in this game when his team was up double digits when he was ejected? Give me a break, man. Give me a break. There is a problem in this conference. And it ain't the basketball. It ain't the quality of the team. It ain't the quality of the player. It ain't the quality of the coach. And to be honest, it's not the attitudes of the player. It's not the attitudes of the coaches. It's the attitudes of these doggone referees, man. Jeb Hartness did Saturday and has done for years the exact thing that we do not want our officials to do anywhere, and that is take over games, change the narratives of games, and potentially change the outcomes of games. That's all he does, man. He thinks 
that that we that people like me beg on Twitter for tickets and people spend money on their season tickets. Students are waiting out there in the cold for the leftover tickets so we can get in the Foster Pavilion and watch the damn Jeb Hartness show. That's disgusting, man. And it can't be tolerated because this league is too damn good for that to get ruined by officials like this. From what it looks like, he has a pretty successful business out in Chattanooga. Good. Stick with that. But we're going to take your, your pretty lucrative hobby away. He shouldn't be near another Big 12 game. Have him call high school games in Chattanooga and see if they don't run him out of town too. But stay the hell away from our league, man, and our games, and our coaches, and our players. Because that this cannot happen. And Brett Yormark, I know you conveniently left your seat for the second half when this thing got out of hand. But watch the tape, my brother. You cannot let this happen. You can't let this go on. You want this to be the premier basketball conference that on paper it already is? Drain the swamp of crap like this. Mercy. Don't get him anywhere near one of our games ever again. Passion, drive, patience. Three things, or two of those things anyway, I didn't show in that first segment. But it's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions to apply, and that eBay guaranteed fit is only available to our customers in the good old US of A. I'm not ready to close the book on the officiating just yet because it was it was that bad. And what really, really peeves me, man, is we're never going to hear why. They're, they're never going to face the music with us if and hopefully when those officials, including especially Jeb Hartness, get suspended from the Big 12. The Big 12 doesn't need to put out anything. They don't need to put out any kind of press release, and they won't. He just won't do Big 12 games again. It just stinks, man. I mean, for we can't hold that same standard for players and coaches, but we can for refs. They're they're untouchable. Whatever, man. And that not only that, he's not going to give an explanation to us, but apparently he didn't give an explanation to Scott Drew, the man he ejected. What did you do to get kicked out? Did you get any explanation? I don't think I got explanations all game long, and um, it'll all be broken down. It'll all be sent into the league. Uh, Mac will comment on the officials, but um, uh, Curtis, uh, uh, we have the best basketball league in the country, and Curtis has a real tough job, and uh, um, we expect him to do it. I mean, no matter who you're a fan of, if you hear that, that, that has to set you off as a basketball fan, man. Nobody, not even the assistants got an explanation as to what happened. 
There's a bench tech that's called right after Scott Drew gets ejected, and still nobody knows why. Nobody. No players, no coaches, nobody around nobody around the scores table, nobody in the student section. Nobody knows why. And it's just the icing on the cake for how bad this official situation is. And I will say this. The Big 12 is not exempt from this. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jeb Hartness will call games here and there in, in other leagues. This is, a, this is a problem across college basketball. Absolutely. I mean, you think it's bad at MLB. It's, it's, it's pretty bad in college basketball, the ref shows that go on. And I think it gets amplified in the Big 12 because it is the best damn conference in America, and they do play a physical brand of basketball. And it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> not for the faint of heart. Coaches, not for the faint of heart. Players, not for the faint of heart. Fans, not for the faint of heart. Scorers or broadcasters, but apparently for the faint of heart referees. Because that's all this is, man. Jeb Jed, Jed Hartness, he didn't, he wasn't really enforcing anything. He just has an ego that he doesn't like getting hurt. That's it, man. That's it. He is not saving the integrity of the game. He is saving the integrity of how he sleeps at night. Because it's all about Jeb Hartness. And I wasn't the only one who thought that. Because in a heroic moment, our leader of the Baylor Athletic Department, Mac Rhodes, said, screw this. I don't need a microphone. I know Scott's not going to say it. You heard how diplomatic he was in that answer there. He said, I'm going to say what we're all thinking, and I'm going to take action in my own hands. Here's what Mac Rhodes had to say after the game. I don't normally do this. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm not somebody that calls the officials or calls the, the league after every game. In fact, I never call when it, when it comes to officiating. It's, you know, it's always about, hey, we need to play better, we need to execute better, we need to play tougher, all of those things. But tonight was an embarrassment for this week. Great. Scott said, we have the best basketball league in the country. And the officiating tonight did not match it. Period. End of story. This league needs to get better. We think about our officiating. And we have some great, great officials. But this particular crew tonight did not match the level of this game. And that shouldn't happen in this league. I'm going to fight for our program. I'm going to fight for our school. I'm going to fight for our coaches. But we're going to fight for our student athletes. Perfect. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. That's unacceptable. It's the best conference in America, and we can't get halfway decent referees. It's 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 disgusting. I know TJ Otzelberger liked the referees. He said so after the game. I mean, it doesn't get much more childish than that. But thankful for Mac, man. If Mac's a feisty guy, he is a fiery guy. You might not see it all the time. And, you know, for a guy who's hitched his wagon to Dave Aranda, who is most certainly not feisty in the public eye. He, he could get pretty pissed. And I have no doubt that yesterday, as soon as Mac got out of church, he was screaming to the people in Irving at the big 12 offices that can't go on. It can't. And for as highly publicized as it was, and in such a great game, 
maybe I'm naive. I have confidence in the Big 12 that they'll do the right thing. And this this group of Jeb Hartness and Chance Moore and Christopher Merlot will not do any more games in the Big 12. That's my hope. And what it took away from was a very good basketball game, by the way. It, it completely aided a 20 to nothing run by Iowa State in the second half. Look, 20 to nothing can't happen, right? But when eight of the first 10 points of that run are from the free throw line directly from technical fouls that nobody can really understand what they are, then yes, the refs have a major hand in that. A major hand in that. That's what I'm saying. They they completely changed the trajectory of the game. They were the only thing keeping Iowa State in that game at that point. They weren't making more plays than Baylor. They were getting more free throws than Baylor. And that's what was frustrating because Baylor was playing probably their best game of the year. They were shutting them down defensively. It's the best we've seen the defense look. Uh, they scored 40 in the first half against one of the nation's top defenses. They were out-rebounding the crap out of them, plus 13 in that category in the first half, and they only went it by five in the second half, so, so or total, I should say. Um, so uh, they lost that battle in the second half. Um, that That's one of the things that, that helps Iowa State sustain that run after 20 to nothing and, and to keep them in the lead and in the game at those times. But it, it just completely coincided with Baylor getting six fouls in the first four and a half minutes of the half. Iowa state going to the bonus with 12 minutes left and Oh yeah. Baylor's coach being thrown out of the game. Shout out to Jaden Nunn, man. I talked a lot about him in the post game, but, um, he had one of those Jekyll and Hyde last minutes. Uh, they were clearly trying to take him off defense offense when Ray J. Dennis had four fouls and there was a live ball situation with, I don't know, 30 seconds left where Jaden Nunn had to bring it up and he turned the ball over, was behind the play as Iowa State was coming the other way and then grabs his own turnover, intercepts a pass, uh, misses free throws with Eight seconds left or seven seconds left. He gets the ball, goes all the way down the court, scores, misses another free throw, which makes it tougher. And then Iowa State looks like they hit a buzzer beater, but no, it is too late. And it absolutely was too late. And this is a rare game where both teams had gripes with the officials because Iowa State was saying, I mean, this was kind of guesswork by the refs on how much time to put back on it. You heard it on the broadcast. Uh, well, 0.7 and I guess 0.5 here. So 0.7, 0.5 is 1.2. Okay, let's play. Nobody knew. And if they had just fumbled their way into 1.3 or 1.4 instead, Baylor loses the game. It, it's It was just nuts. And it really took away from what was an outstanding performance from Baylor for a, a large portion of that game. Great down the stretch from Jaden Nunn. Great down the stretch from Ray J. Dennis. Those two guards have absolutely taken, taken control of this team and hit the big shots down the stretch. And I'm going to talk a lot more about this in tomorrow's episode, but tomorrow, Bayward takes on Grant McCaslin's Texas Tech. And we saw the blueprint on Saturday of what this team can look like against one of the very best teams in America. We are so back. Even if they don't beat a very good Texas Tech team, we're back. Watch out, Big 12. I'm telling you, watch the heck out.
Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You guys know what week it is. We are actually in the week. Tonight is media night, and we are we are live from Vegas. And by we, I mean the whole sports world, okay? Because it is Super Bowl week, okay? My team's not in it. Your team's probably not in it. So what we need to worry about on Super Bowl Sunday is not whether we will live or die by, based on the outcome of how men throw a pigskin around, but rather, okay, finding the best seat, finding the best snack, and finding the best bets in the Super Bowl. FanDuel has so many different ways you can end the season with a W or two or three. Because not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and thousands and thousands of prop bets that you can get into. Okay, maybe not thousands, but a lot of prop bets that you can get into and have a ton of fun with this, no matter how into the game you are. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Okay? $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. On to how the women did yesterday. They went down to the Fertita. Is that how you say it? Fertita Center? down in Houston, and they made it a clean sweep over the Cougars on the season. They waltzed out. I mean, two kind of blowout wins, to be honest with you. The first one at the Foster Pavilion, this one down in H-Town, 83-60 to over UH. And the, the Cougars did kind of keep it close at points in this game. Um, I thought Baylor aided in that a little bit, but they score 15 or more in every quarter, Baylor does, which is, uh, well, obviously, because... Houston would have to have exactly 15 per quarter to have 15 or more because they get 60 points. God, that was good math. Uh, so that was impressive. And, and and 21 plus in three of those, including 25 in the fourth quarter. So they really shut the door on this one. And it was a balanced scoring attack. And I said the other night and that loss to Texas, I, I wanted a little bit more out of Dre Edwards. Maybe she listens to the show. Um, I don't advise any athletes listen to the show, but if you do welcome Dre, I'm a big fan. And she showed that tonight or last night, 15 points on six to 12 shooting with eight rebounds and a couple of assists as well. Um, that that's, that's what we expect out of her in big games. And she bounced back with that last night. Dariana little page bugs, almost perfect from the floor, five of six from the floor, fifth or two, excuse me, 12 points and eight rebounds. That's a nice day at the office. Yaya Felder continuing to give Baylor good minutes, man, whether she's lighting up the score sheet or not, she is giving them good minutes. And she did kind of light up the score sheet with 14 points on six of eight shooting uh, and three rebounds and a couple of assists as well. Um, that was a nice get back on track kind of victory. I do think they're still a little loose with the ball. Um, there's a lot of times where they're kind of going for the home run pass or they're trying to they're physic it over their teammates' heads. Whereas I think this team is skilled enough, especially against, you know, the lower level of competition in the bottom half of this conference to kind of death by a thousand paper cuts you like making the right play time after time after time and letting their talent take over that way. Um, so that that's a little something to work on. Um, they did, they did have twice as many turnovers as Houston. Think about that. They won the game by 23 points and had twice as many 26 turnovers. 
Oof, Maron. That's oof. That has to be worked on. And they got doubled up in points off of turnovers as well. Houston had 22 of their 60, more than a third of their points off Baylor turnovers. Oof. Baylor doubled them up in points in the paint. This is a legit double up, 44 to 22. And Baylor gets 19 assists, but to 26 turnovers, that's not a great ratio. Good win for them coming off that loss to Texas. And when speaking of that, I don't know if you guys noticed, those of you on Twitter, my pal, a dear friend, actually, Corey Mose, um, who covers all things UT uh, for KVUE down in Austin. Uh, he tweeted out a video. He was at the Moody Center, went in the, uh, went in the elevator to get up to the press box, and it was just this little sign that someone designed on Canva or whatever and printed it out that said uh, 67-56, which, weirdly enough, was the score of the UT Baylor game that, that Texas won. And it said, we still own Texas. Do you? Do you really? I know we're creatures of the moment, but you with one regular season championship in 20 years, that team runs Texas. Whereas a, another one that's in Texas won it, what, 12 years in a row? Mm, I'd reconsider that one. It was a nice win, and Texas has a good team, probably better than Baylor this year. But it's not by much, by the way, because Baylor did go down to Austin and beat them, wire to wire beat them in their own barn. So it's not like they're head and shoulders above Baylor. One year, and they're like, hey, we run this state. <laughs> the superiority or inferiority complex, however you want to frame it, around that fan base is incredible. We see it with football. We see it with basketball, swimming. And I was dipping over to women's basketball as well. Okay, just forget the last 20 years just happened. We own Texas. We won a national championship 40 years ago. Another team in the state has three in the last 20 years. Anyway, I just want to leave it, leave it with that. We'll be back tomorrow with, a, with more of a Texas Tech preview. Um, probably hopefully talk a little bit more about the good sides of this Iowa State game and, and what Baylor did well rather than the officiating. But of course, that was just so over the top abhorrent. I, I just, I had to, I had to leave with that. Um, and once again, I will say, Brett Yormark in the Big 12, get rid of these guys, especially Jeb Hartness, man. This is not getting any better. His ego is only getting inflated. He And I guarantee you, he loves getting this kind of coverage, even if it's not good. Because the... These are like archbishops in the Catholic Church, these referees. They'll just find somewhere else to go. No matter what they're doing wrong, they will they will find other places to go. So, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. Be sure to like and subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Drop a comment down in the comments below. It helps the algorithm. But tell me what you think about these refs. Should they ever ref a Big 12 game again? Is Baylor men's basketball back? And how did the women look yesterday? I thought they looked pretty good. I really did. Um, 26 turnovers aside, you got to clean that up, but need, need to make the simple play. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow with more bears athletics on locked on Baylor.